Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smoking with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokingwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cooking Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookingpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. This is Bobby. And this is Jennifer. And we're from Cleveland, Ohio. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Good evening and welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This happens to be the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct right here from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. And why just yesterday it was rated the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rippey. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. If you should see fit to jump in on the show tonight, I'm more than happy to have you. All it takes is some keystrokes and an email address. You provide the keystrokes. I get you that email address, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Once again, that's greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. It is the first Tuesday of the month. And, you know, I've only said it 12 times this year, but now we are in the final month of the year. It is December officially. And you know what happens when the first Tuesday of the month comes. We, of course, grab a what will now be the last 2017 visit to the Good Barbecue Doctor. Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. 
Lots to talk about with Ray. We had a great group of Facebook questions that popped up over the course of the day, so we'll mix those in. We also have some questions in regards to how Ray does prime rib. Is he going to be looking to do anything else during the holiday season? I saw a great video of him frying a turkey. Maybe that's something that you're going to do. Maybe you did prime rib for Thanksgiving, and you're going to do turkey for Christmas, or maybe just going to double up. A lot of people double up on the turkey Thanksgiving and then turn around a month later and do it again for Christmas. Maybe you're doing a ham. All sorts of questions for Dr. Barbecue, so looking forward to that at 914 and then at 935 because the holidays are impending, and maybe you don't have a great grasp on live fire cooking items, cookers, accoutrements, accessories, whatever word you want to use. I have brought in an expert barbecue and griller. Plus, she's always putting out a grilling gift guide this time of year. We will head on over to grillgirl.com's very own creator, Robin Lindars, and talk to her about what cookers she might be suggesting, both from a full size, maybe all the way down to something a little bit more mobile for backpack, tailgate, small parties, what have you. And then... You know, live fire cooking people, it's all about, in the end, it's all about accessories. Certainly the big barbecue pit or that big grill or the big barbecue pit and the big grill, or maybe you just have like 17 cookers out there on the back deck. Regardless of the cooking vessels that you have, I think inevitably it all boils down to how many accessories and other items to help me be a better grill and barbecue master can I possibly accumulate before I croak. That is the true signature of who is winning at the live fire cooking game. So Robin will be joining me around 935 and talking about her most recent unveiling of the gift giving guide from grillgirl.com. And then we'll move on to the second hour, a guy who I've had on this show a few times this year. Last summer, he did a radically impressive expose here on this show. He is the Lead writer for Cleveland Scenes Food Section, Doug Tratner, will be joining us. And we're going to be doing a couple different things with Doug during our time in the 1014. We're going to be, A, kind of uh, giving a refresh to the Cleveland barbecue scene because, believe it or not, while a lot of podcasts out there really focus on the Texas side of things because, look, I don't know if there's anything more popular than Texas barbecue right now, nor has there been over the last... 12 and 24 months. Certainly, Texas is reigning supreme in that regard, but maybe you don't live in Texas. I mean, Texas is a huge state, but not everybody in the country lives in Texas, nor has access to all the great Texas barbecue. So what are you forced to do? Find something local around you. And for years and years, dare I say decades, it was really bad barbecue here in Cleveland. And then over the last two or three years, there wasn't an emergence of some really good barbecue restaurants scattered around town, one downtown in Cleveland proper. Then there's one in the biggest suburb of Cleveland, better known as Parma, Ohio. And then there's one, well, now two, one on the west, far west side, Lakewood. Far west, depending on where you're at. If you live in Lakewood, it's local to you. And then uh, another one in Mentor, far east from Proper Pig. In my estimation, we'll get Doug's opinion here at 9.35, I think, or I'm sorry, 9.14. There really hasn't been an emergence of more really good barbecue options. So we'll talk to 
Doug Tratner about the current face of barbecue here in Cleveland. But because he eats out a lot, because it is his job, we're going to be talking about restaurant etiquette. We're going to be talking about tipping. We're going to be talking about lodging complaints with management and all that stuff. And should you really be worried about those tall tales that you hear about if you say something cross to the waitress, she's going to take your burger or steak back and spit on it before she brings it back out to you? Is that wives' tale? Is that really happening? Certainly these things generate out of somebody having seen it done at least once, but is it commonplace? So we'll give you some outdoor or outside of the live fire cooking action, but some real restaurant etiquette tips, or at least how they are supposed to be approached this day and age. Maybe it's changed over generations. We'll talk to Doug about that. And then closing out the show at 1035, the winner of the King of the Smoker contest this past weekend out there in California, Porky Butts Barbecue's very own Blaine Hunter will be joining me to recap the weekend. And we'll also talk about a host of other barbecue and grilling items. So hopefully that will be enough for your 120 minutes. Ray Lampy coming up next. Robin Lindars after that. Doug Tratner from Cleveland Scene at 1014. And then closing out the show, Blaine Hunter from Porky Butts Barbecue at 1035. I want to mention this before we go to break. And I don't usually give a shout out. I'm really not a fan of that word. So let me say, I want to give a special mention right here on this show, right off the bat, to a son of a sponsor of this show. Everybody knows Sterling Ball. He just put on the King of the Smoker this past weekend, like I was just talking, the Blaine Hunter one. His son, Casey, who has already endured one kidney transplant in his life uh, decades ago, is, if you follow Sterling on social media, Needs another kidney. And they've been patiently biding their time, waiting to find a fit, going through a number of potential donors and not finding. It's got to be a perfect match in order for you to get a kidney. Sterling gave his kidney to Casey first, and obviously he can't give the second. I'm sure he would if he could figure out a way to get through it other than dialysis, which is a nightmare for those who aren't familiar with that process. But it is it is a nightmare to to continue to live. Needed, but a nightmare. So he can't give a second kidney away. But finally, there was a match, and Casey Ball is undergoing kidney transplant surgery yet again in about one hour's time from now. So uh, I'm sure I'm speaking for all the centralites here when I'm passing along positive thoughts. And of course, that infamous show karma to Casey Sterling and the entire Ball family. Absolutely. And updates as they become available. So uh, thoughts and prayers are certainly with Casey and Sterling and uh, everybody in the Ball family there hoping that the transplant goes without a hitch and that uh, Casey continue on a normal life with that donor. And uh, obviously appreciate that donor. However it, however you come by, it, I mean, usually it's not good, right? So uh, we appreciate the donor as well. Before we go to break, from the Miami Herald... Because this is weird. Neighbors caught a weird barbecue smell. It was a couple burning their nanny's body, police say. One family thought their neighbor was holding a weird barbecue based on the smell. Others wondered if the flames were coming from a garden fire. I saw plumes of smoke coming out of the garden. Lots of smoke. Not much flames. And thought to myself, 
Must be a garden fire, Sonny Patel said, who works nearby. A large fire and foul-smelling smoke were visible from a South London backyard on Wednesday, drawing the attention of parents just as they were walking their kids home from school, but no one had any clue what the fire was or the odd smell accompanying it. When London police finally arrived, they saw and discovered something much more alarming than a barbecue or garden fire. They found a badly charred body in the backyard of a couple's $1.2 million home, the body so severely burned, that authorities couldn't immediately establish the age or gender of the victim, according to The Guardian. Police have arrested Sabrina Codier, 34, and Aswim Maduni, 40, and charged each with murder in the first degree for the incident in their backyard. Watch out, everybody! Don't piss people off. They will burn you at the stake. Just like they did in the olden days for witches. Watch out. Hey, folks, head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com for all your barbecue needs, okay? Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Ball himself from award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers. Big Papa has everything you need to be a better outdoor cook. Whether you are in the backyard or on the competition circuit, it doesn't matter. They got the rubs that are winning out there right now. You know it as the West Coast offense. They've combined forces with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to do that. They also are the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce or uh, base that might please everybody. Granny's traditionally had powerful flavors. Remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-rated barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. And aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer a variety of pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available. For instance, if you're looking for a versatile, easy-to-use smoker, why not check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill? If you're not a fan of pellet grills, Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts to put on the back of his competition trailer. Andy wins with it. And if you're a backyard guy like me and you're looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, try the M Grill from Texas. It's just what you need. Built like tanks. Not sure what grill you need to buy? Well, here's the real deal. You can't go wrong with any of these grills or smokers featured on BigPapaSmokers.com because... They have something for every kind of backyard cooking budget. That's clear that Big Papa Smokers, the place to go for all things barbecue, every product featured on their website, has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Boost your barbecue skills with the help of Big Papa Smokers, the number one online barbecue store. Call them toll-free at 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers plural bigpopsmokers.com Ray Lampy coming up out of the break stick around we'll be right back Live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. 
That's right. The grant program in the bank for next year. More details on that to come as it is released. The 2018 Committed Cooks program is, if not open, getting ready to be released as well. So here's what you do. Head over to smokinwithsmithfield.com. That's smokinwithsmithfield.com. And you, too, can be ready to go when that jumps off. 20 bucks gets you well over $100 worth of other items. So it was a good deal last year. Everybody very excited about the Committed Cooks program for this coming year. So, again, smokingwithsmithfield.com is the website to uh, check that out. And stay tuned for this. If you got questions about barbecue or grilling, maybe as a hobby or even a business, looking to get an expert's point of view, why not ask Dr. Barbecue? You can submit your questions by clicking on the Ask Dr. Barbecue tab on the website. The doctor is in. Here's Ray Lampy with his nurse, Greg Rempe. Dr. Barbecue. That's right. As always, Ray Lampy joining us here on the show. Hey, Ray. All right, so uh, before we get into these Facebook questions, and we missed you last month because I was trying to play catch-up, so I appreciate your patience there. Um, sure. Two things. Uh, obviously, the restaurant update, which we'll get to here in a second. But uh, earlier in the year, you were doing a weekly radio show on The Bone, and I yes. wanted to follow up with you and see if that's still a thing and how The Bone is and all that good stuff. <laughs> the bone is is excellent. Great. Um, yeah, it's it's going good. Um, <clears throat> we're doing it every Saturday. It, you know, it's a perfect time of year for me. It's going to be tough to do in the summer. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, you know, it's been. I, I was thinking about it when I was. You were talking about it. <clears throat> we've had guests, so we've had. Uh, we're going to have Al Bubba Baker on this oh, week. Remember, remember that guy? He's the guy that patented taking bones out of ribs yeah. he was on shark tank owns a barbecue um, place on the west side of cleveland was a former cleveland brown i have a terrible right. story i yes. have a terrible story to tell you about him off air but I, i'm <laughs> well, not I gotta hang out with him saturday i, so I, I am not it. a fan i am not a fan i'll just say that <laughs> well, that could be interesting but anyway we had myron on once we had i mean i'm calling in everybody i know we had uh uh, Simon Majundar was on with us one time. Uh, Chef Rusty from the Zach Brown Band was on huh. with us, and Melissa Cookston and Carl Ruiz was on us with us the other day. I don't know if you know who Carl is. He's on Guys Grocery Games all the time, and he's just a really funny dude. So we, we've been having a lot of fun with it. We kind of veered off of just tailgating to just food because uh, tailgating was just you know for one, Ian, who's my partner, played in the NFL for ten years. He'd, he'd never tailgated in his life, so he doesn't really know anything about tailgating. So we, we veered back to food, and we're having a blast with it, and people seem to like it. Um, you know, we'll see what the future holds. Doing a Saturday afternoon thing isn't exactly prime time, but it's it's the number one station in town across all levels. and So it's, it's pretty cool, man. We're having fun with it. Do you find that you're receiving kind of a similar topic of question each and every week? Are there certain things that people go back to all the time? We haven't taken a lot of calls. Um, I don't know if we were getting them or not. We we, we kind of try to have a theme of our own. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're going to talk about ribs this week or pizza or whatever it may be. And uh, we do most of the talking ourselves and then have a guest usually. Ray Lampy joining me here on the show. Ask drbbq.com if you have a question for an upcoming show or visit the website at drbbq.com. Uh, the other, uh, so uh, I wanted to ask you one more radio show thing. 
are there podcasts up yet or some way to get an archive to go back and listen? Because in the beginning, you couldn't. And if you're not local to wherever that radio station is, you can't really hear it. Well, you could listen live. You, if you download the Bone app, I don't know what you find when you uh, Google <laughs> don't the Google Bone that. app. <laughs> that's what Byron always runs into. If you if you Google butt rub, you find all kinds of fun oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, that's right. But you can actually listen live. If you get the app, it actually works fine. But other than that, they're not archiving it, and I don't know that much about it. Ian's a radio guy, and we have... Uh, we're being treated very well, so we have, like, engineers doing it and stuff. So I just kind of stay out of it. I just show up on Saturday and talk for a couple hours. Uh, all right, Ray. So the other item to get caught up on is the restaurant. Obviously, you know, we've seen a little bit of a delay with paperwork and the <laughs> red tape and all bit, that. man. <laughs> Factor in that little hurricane that took place. So where are we at this stage of the game? We are rolling. I drove by there today. There's oh, electricians working and plumbers working and stuff. Uh, now, this is the preliminary work. The big work hasn't quite started yet. But the good news is we have permits. We are working. Um, it's probably going to be four months of building. Wow. It's a huge, yeah, it's a big project, you know. And, and But it was a brutal seven-month delay waiting for permits. I mean, things are really jumping down here in St. Pete. You sort of understand, but man, it's a killer. I, You know, we're okay. It's a big project for us. We know it's it's a long-term investment and deal, but it just, I, I can't help thinking about the guy that cobbles together 50 grand or 100 grand <laughs> to open his lifelong dream of a restaurant, and then he sits there for seven months bleeding, waiting for permits, you know. Um, that's just keep what I keep thinking about it. I'm glad it wasn't me that did that because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a long time, man. Are there, like, time frames that are coming due here before you would actually to get open where things need to start getting paid for or, or paid back? You guys aren't – I guess the better question is you guys aren't in a – bad financial situation because of the delays or is there a potential no. for that no we're not we're fine uh roger and suzanne are really the people with all the money on the table and they understand how this kind of stuff works they're as disappointed as we are we're not that surprised um so no you know they they bought a lot of real estate they bought the building and the adjacent parking lot to go for this project and you know, bought it and it sat there for seven months before we could do one thing. So, you know, you certainly bled out a little bit, but but now nah, we're going to be fine. All right, Ray. So let's go ahead and jump into the Facebook questions. Uh, we got a good questions a this week. Yes, handful I was of questions. To see that. No doubt. First one is from Gary Craig saying, "Looking hopeful for Grill Stock 2018. Could we be seeing you in the UK again next year? And are you allowed to say that? They sure hope so." Yeah, Gary, Doctor Evil from uh, uh-huh. from England. I I don't know, Gary. I got to be honest. I have not been in touch with anybody. John and Ben are no longer yep. owning, running, whatever grill stock, and they are my guys. They are my contacts. I, no one from the current grill stock administration has even reached out to me. Oh, I don't know that I want to take that call anyway. John and Ben are my friends. Uh, it just wouldn't be the same without them. So uh, unfortunately, I probably won't be going for a grill stock festival if one even happens this year um you never know you know hopefully something miraculous will change or or something will replace the grill stock festival with a new name and and we could have the same sort of thing happen because we had a lot of fun there 
over the years, I, I will miss it dearly, but it's not looking good for 2018. And you've certainly been kind of a building block ever since that thing started to happen with John and Ben getting out. I mean, if you had a phone call, would you really not entertain something because you have an allegiance with John and Ben? Is there not a personal slash business to consider at that point? It'd be hard. It'd be hard to uh, to do it with, without them. Uh, I would... I'd talk to them. You know, if everybody was happy with each other and it was just a, a business situation, fine. If it was uh, hostile with, against John and Ben, I wouldn't do it. Um, all right, so we'll see what happens with that, Gary. So hopefully that kind of answers your question at this point. Kind of seems up in the air. Uh, David Bosca, I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He's a little uh, upstart competition <laughs> guy. He also does some ejections and rubs and sauces. He asks Ray this, out of all your years working in the barbecue industry, can you name your top five favorite times or maybe even top two or three, for instance? Yeah, man, that's a good question. I, I actually spent some time thinking about that one. I, um, I, you know, like everybody else, it's got to be my first grand championship. I'm looking at the plaque on the wall. It was 1995. So, you know, yeah, of course, that was good. And I got to go to the American Royal Invitational that year. So that was huge. Um, a couple of years later, I went to my first Jack Daniels. That was huge. But, man, there's just so many other things along the way, too. Um, I, you know, I was inducted in the Hall of Fame. What about that? Um, you know, there's just so many things along the way. This restaurant is going to be an epic thing for me. Uh, my first cookbook coming out. I, you know, I, I and, and so I heard my book was at the store. I went to Barnes and Noble, and it was one of them. You know how them groups of ladies sit around on their leg and talk about being pregnant or something at the bookstore? <laughs> they were blocking my book. I couldn't get at it to show it to anybody. Um, it's so many fun things I've had the honor to do. Gosh, I don't know. Oh, the TV shows, yeah. um, you know, some of those are cool. Chopped Grillmasters the first year. How big of a deal was that, you know? Um, Where does, I did that whole season of this show with Guy, the tailgate show. Uh, I wrote a book for the NFL. God, I, you know, I know it sounds it sounds pompous, but man, it's hard to narrow it down. I've had I've been very blessed and had a lot of fun. Where did those? Where did that time with you and uh, Myron and Chris Lilly doing classes at the Greenbrier kind of that uh, yeah. gap fill after Stephen left? How was that? Oh God, yeah. How does that? I mean, that was what a thing to do. I mean, you know, the place is so cool, it's such an iconic thing, and at the, also at the same time, we were starting to believe that maybe this thing was going to work, and and you know, I mean, that's a long time ago. We we were all, you know, that was a big payday. I talked to Myron about that not too long ago. It was a big payday for us at the time. I asked him for a lot of money. I, I was the guy cutting the deal. I asked him for a lot of money, and we were all agreed on it. But we were all, you know. It was the most money we had any of us had gotten for one <laughs> thing like that. Um, and we were scared we weren't going to get it, but uh, sure enough, it came through. So, yeah, that absolutely is. You know, another one is Chris Lilly gets invited to cook at the James Beard House and, and asked me to come with him and help. And, I mean, what a what an honor that was. We didn't, you know, we're barbecue guys, man. I, I think that was the first time anybody brought their smoker to the James Beard House. Um, you know, if you don't know what that is, it's a big deal. We're, we're at that point, we're really realizing we're being accepted as real culinary stars instead of just some barbecue guys so that was a huge one too i mean it was all chris's honor but but to go there with him and do it and 
you know, it, it's cooking at the Jane's Beard House is something every chef wants to do. Um, but barbecue guys, you know, it was a new thing for us. So, yeah, I've been so lucky to, to be on the front end of a lot of this kind of stuff. You know, we we uh, we were there first doing these things. And it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's I'm a lucky man when I look back at that stuff. All right, so let's turn the dime on that one. Is there one really crappy thing that sticks out since you've been in here? <laughs> um, no, nah, nothing offhand. I, I don't think so. I, you know, you. No, I, I, I've been very lucky. I, I've, uh, you know, it's been some uh, falling outs over the years, and you just don't see eye to eye with people or organizations, and some of that is unfortunate. And you uh, look back at it and wish it wouldn't have happened that way, but I wouldn't change the thing that I did along the way for me. Next question, Ray, is from Chuck Marting and wants to know when your most recent grand champion contest win is. Sandy told me she thought this was a smart-ass question, like uh, that I hadn't won one in a while, and, and technically he's right. I The last year I got serious about it. I had actually taken a couple of years I really hadn't done anything, and I thought, well, I'm going to get serious this year a little bit. Yep. And I did win two grands in 2011. So I'm not apologizing for that. So I've I've got wins in the '90s, and a bunch in the in the zeros, and a whole bunch, and one in 2011. So I guess when we get to 2021, I'll have to try and win another one to make it four decades. <laughs> there you go. Um, do you where where was your last contest that you competed in? Like uh, sanction. I cooked in the Plant City Cookoff last year in 2016. So a little over a year ago. Um, and we, I did get, I got a fourth place pork trophy sitting here in the office. So I, I didn't make completely embarrass myself, but it's hard, man. If you don't do it all the time, these guys now, especially are so good at it. I mean, we knew this years ago, the more you're cooking, the better you're going to do because you're just in the groove of it. And, you know, to try to do one every couple of years is, you know, winning one fourth place pork. I'll take that. That was a pretty good accomplishment. Um, I, I may try to cook the Lakeland one in January this year. I just don't get around to it. And, again, it's not that much fun to go there and just get beat up on because Mm -hmm. you're not in the game. These guys are so good at it now. Well, no, I take that back. I went up to Green Bay this year and and cooked with Scotty Johnson. Uh, Scotty cooked everything. I didn't. I was just carrying boxes, but I was on the team. And and I just I think these guys are so good at it. It's hard to want to go out there having not cooked one in a while because there's just no way i'm going to hit all the marks like they do and and you know i, I used to be pretty good at this i <laughs> i don't feel like going out there and you know a field filler ray we got about four minutes left and i have a question coming in from a guy named john marcus he wants to know <laughs> a do you miss him and do you have a way of cooking a crown roast of pork for the holidays I do miss John. John must have, must have lost my phone number because uh, I haven't heard from him in a while. John Marcus, yeah. you talk about great moments in the yeah, world. Right. John is the guy that started the first barbecue TV show. Yep. You know, we, we all have gone on to bigger and better things. It didn't happen without John Marcus. John was the guy who had the TV connections and, and put the deal together, and we all owe him gratitude. Uh, that whole continuation of Pitmasters, which has ended now, all started with John and and continued with John and 
And uh, if you don't know who John Marcus is, you don't know much about the history of the barbecue world. Uh, so, yes, I do miss John. I, and actually, he might be going to New York soon. And if I do, I'll look him up. Uh, as far as the crown roast, uh, you know, it's just a miserable thing to cook. It's a pork loin. It's all it is. It's a bone-in pork loin. And you wrap two of those roasts together and tie them together so it looks like a crown. And it looks real cool. But you've got to remember when you're cooking it, it's just a pork loin. So cook it to 140 degrees and don't cook it anymore than that um and and you got to make sure to give it a good rest because you got all those bones in there just kind of a miserable thing to cook because if you overcook it it's going to be dry like pork wine now you usually want to stuff it it looks like a crown and you want to put stuffing inside of it uh i would recommend making a rice dressing or something like that that you can put in loose afterwards because otherwise it'll hinder the cooking it'll it'll screw it up and you won't get the roast done just right uh it, it's a flashy looking thing on the table but it's kind of a miserable thing to cook i i I wouldn't do that if I was him. Uh, the other option, of course, would be like a beef prime rib. Do you have a way of doing that? Now you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I would cook if I were him. Uh, yeah, I may, man, there's that video. If you saw that video, it's been floating around. The good folks up at, uh, well, it's Time, Inc. In Birmingham, they have Southern Living. They have a thing called Well Done, who actually that, uh, primary video was four. They have Cooking Light is up there, and they have Food and Wine and a whole bunch of other brands. And they have this big studio. I went up there and shot four videos for them. There's one still coming, uh, my version of a charcuterie board, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I did a deep-fried turkey, which I thought was awesome. Saw that. Everybody thought it looked dry. They were all complaining about it. Did a smoked turkey on a big green egg, and then I did that prime rib that it was up to like 7 million views wow. as of the other day. Um I never had anything get that many views. I think it's normal in their world, but so what I did was I made a big herb butter. It's on if you go on my Facebook page, you'll find it there and the recipe. I made a herb butter and I wrapped it on this prime rib and I bought this beautiful prime rib and frenched the ends of the bones just a little bit and I, I got it cooked perfectly. Some days, you know, you get it just right and man, that was the day. Everybody was bitching that I must not have rested it, but I'm telling you I rested <laughs> it because if you look, I'm handling it with my hands. Um, so it was rested. It was just that juicy. It was a beautiful piece of meat. I wish I had it here with me right now. What's your f- target finish temp? 120. I find that oh, 120, wow. cooking about 325 uh, at 120, and then a good rest. I like to let them rest 20, 30 minutes. And I find that if 120 is the magic number for me with those other steps, you know, because carryover is is going to continue depending how long you, you let it rest and how hot you were cooking. If you're cooking it at 500, the carryover would be far more than that. I, I just, if, to me, when I look at that prime rib that I cooked on that video, I just can't cook it any better than that. I, I know guys want to reverse sear, blah, 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 you, uh, sous vide it, whatever else you want to do to it. Well, go ahead. I'm not changing the thing, man. I don't, I, that looks just like I want it there. Ray Lampy joins me the first Tuesday of each and every month, and this is the last one of 2017, right, when we reconvene a new year. So I wish you happy holidays and a great new year, my friend, and we'll talk to you next month. Thanks, Greg. I'll talk to you soon. You got Bye. it. There he is, Ray Lampy. Mowing them down as far as uh, questions from Facebook are concerned. the Barbecue Central Show will appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yeah, um, by the way, I'll agree with Ray on that. I don't know if Chuck Marting was trying to be a dick or not with that question. Chuck, were you trying to be a cock on that? I don't think you were, right? You were just wondering. Look, don't don't get down on guys that aren't competing anymore, but they still got some name brand recognition. I mean, 
I suppose if you look at who was the king of the smoker, a lot of people would sit there and go, why the hell is Johnny Trigg off of there? Hey, do you know? Uh, I mean, aside from the fact that he doesn't know who I am, I mean, do you know Johnny Trigg? Yeah, he's going to be going to King of the Smoker as long as he wants to go to King of the Smoker, I would imagine. So, that's Ray Lampy. There you go. DRBBQ.com. Hey, if you're looking to turn up the heat on your barbecue skills this summer, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. Not just this summer. How about this winter? Maybe even better this winter. It's turning cold here in Cleveland, I can tell you that. I'm talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru and CyberQ Cloud Controller. Launched earlier in the year by Barbecue Guru, the world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with a built-in power draft fan. Yes, going to give you the easiest, most successful barbecue experience currently available. You got to have these new products. It makes barbecuing easier than ever before. It's your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food each and every time. Ready to buy? Yeah, of course. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, call them. 800-288-GURU or visit the website bbqguru.com The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology so I'm going to quit Skype and see if I can't find a way to reboot IPDTL and hopefully be able to call Robin Lindars here in one second so cross your fingers and stick around we'll be right back Ready to get on the air? Call 216-220-0966. Now, let's get back to the LeBron James and Barbecue Talk. Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. That's right, manufacturers of some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you need a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you, medium size, covered there too. Take on tailgates or small camping trips that can be charged and or operated through the inverter in your truck, sure. Plus pellets to fire those cookers, and oh my, oh my, don't forget about the pizza insert. Please don't do that. All right, my next guest is the creator of Grill Girl website, He's hosted shows, written cookbooks, acted as a brand ambassador, also leads cooking classes and with the holidays literally weeks away has released her gift giving guide that we're going to be talking about and help you give some direction on what you might want to be buying this holiday season so let's go ahead and race to the hotline welcome back robin lindars to the show robin how are you hey there so can I'm you, good. I miss you. Happy holidays. I miss you. Um you can hear me okay cuz Ray couldn't hear me okay the last I, time. I can hear you okay. All right. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, but who knows what's going on with Ray for crying out loud. I mean, he was getting so much static about uh, pork belly burnt ends a couple months ago. It was kind of unbelievable. Weird. Let's just let's blame it on the hurricane. It just messed us up down. Let's blame everything on the hurricane. That's right. All right, Robin. So uh, as I, I as I had mentioned, uh, obviously the holidays a few short weeks away, and uh, you're always kind of in that gr- uh, gift. Gr- Jeez, grilling gift guide and suggestions. Uh, you're always fielding these kind of questions, regardless if it's a holiday impending or not. I would imagine that a lot of conversations that you have with people who find out who you are go, oh, well, what grill should I buy or what accessory? So now that we have a reason, I mean, we always, and we kind of don't need a reason, 
What are we looking at for your <laughs> Grill Girl gift guide this year for 2017? Well, I've got some fun stuff in here, and I what you'll see is it kind of goes from like really expensive to like stocking stuffers. And um, the big one that's very different and new that I put on my gift guide this year um, is actually not related to grilling, but more just about to spending a ton of time outside. And it's a mosquito misting system, i.e. if you spend a lot of time outside and you live in, you know, a southern climate, then uh, you might think about something that's going to allow you to spend more time outside. So I put um, a mosquito nix on the top as kind of the, uh, all right, if you want to be a big spender. Uh, and then I went into grills, and I think, really, I think this is the year of the pellet smoker. You know, Greg, like, think about we went to, um, what was it, the H, the, that barbecue trade H, show. HPBA, yeah. HPBA, H, I can get all my, my letters correct. Um, <laughs> and everybody was making a pellet smoker, right? Yeah. But we know which one is the best, and it's the Green Mountain Grill. And I think if you don't have one, then now is the time to get one. I think that pellet smokers are just so damn easy and awesome and just almost about like idiot proof i think mm -hmm. anyone should have one because they and they also just produce really great flavor so um so i think that's one that should be on the list i think plancha style grills are like a thing right now and and you know um like you have the art flame uh this is this is a, a kind of the old school way of grilling but that's what they do in a lot of other countries mm -hmm. and um you know combining you know, the, the heat and the wood and a flat surface like a plancha can really yield pretty awesome results, as we've seen by, like, your your Francis Malman from, um, you know, the, the famous Argentinian griller restaurateur guy. Um, I also think the pit barrel is a really excellent choice, and I really like the pit barrel junior because it's just slightly smaller, but you can still hang lots of stuff from it. Um, and, and that is just such a nice grill that is super versatile. Um, Robin, do you have, um, do you have a pit barrel junior? Yeah, I did my turkey on it this year and, um, people were just like blown away and I, I kind of ignored it because I was focusing on the other, uh, turkey that I was smoking and multitasking as you do when you've got a lot of people at your house and it. That's phenomenal. Um, it clicks really quickly, too. So, yeah. Um, and I also think that an unsung hero of hibachi-style grilling is the Lodge Sportsman. Um, I got one this year, and it was just like an impulse buy when I was at Bass Pro Shops. And it has almost like a cult following with enthusiasts because it grills so nicely because everything on it is cast iron. So you get these really great... Um, like char marks and grill marks that are seared on cast iron and you're right over the coals and it's super portable. So um, there's that. I also think the Minimax Big Green Egg, you know, if you can't splurge for a full egg, you get the same experience with a Minimax and you can actually do like four pork chops at a time and maybe like a small rack of ribs. So if you're looking to kind of at one time experience, you can yeah, do, you can do all that at one time. No, 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 or, oh, not both okay. or, or, right. but I mean, like you can cook for like four people on it. Got it. Um, and get, um, so I think that's, and it's, it's portable, right? So even if you live in a place where you can't have a grill, you can still have a mini max. Like I have friends that moved from Florida back to Brooklyn and they got a mini max because they couldn't put like, you know, an XL on their balcony. Um, so from, so now I want to go into gadgets 
um, and coolers. So I don't know if you've heard of the Orca cooler, but it's actually the only um, USA-made roto-molded cooler on the market. Um, They're based out of Nashville. So I think it's cool to support uh, U.S.-based companies and, you know, people who make their products here. And I've really um, been enjoying their cooler. So, Robin, um, hold on, the, Robin. Are you saying that uh, Yeti and uh, Grizzly and all these, they are not made in the America? Their companies are based here, but their coolers are made in China. Really? That is my understanding. Oh, wow. So is the Orca cooler like way more expensive? Tumblr. Look, I'm going to look... Yeah. Look, I'm going to look at my Tumblr right now. I have a Yeti in front of me, and it says, Designed in Austin, Made in China. Uh-oh. So. Wow. Um, yeah. Maybe I don't yeah. feel very so good about cool. some of that stuff anymore. What about you? What, about it being made in America? No, I mean, that seems to be good. Is the Orca cooler, like, way more expensive than the Yeti? I mean, it would seem to be no, completely crazy for me to say anything more expensive than par. a Yeti. It's on par. No, it's on par. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, how come the Yeti cooler, yeah. if it's made in China, how come it's so much? How come it's so expensive? Beats me because they spend a shitload of money on marketing and endorsing people. <laughs> oh, okay. Which we know that to be true. Yeah, we've seen the and setups. I like their, and love their marketing, um, yeah, but right. I know personally from personal friends on what was paid to be a sponsor, and um, yeah. That's why, actually, if you remember last year, I reviewed the RTIC cooler last mm-hmm. year, which I'm pretty sure is made in China, but supposedly they were the people that they were in a little bit of a lawsuit with Yeti. They were in a lot of bit of a lawsuit. Also, I own an Arctic yeah. cooler, and uh, it was like half the price of the comparable Yeti, and it works great, so I don't care. I bought it. And I have one, too, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. I got Scott a camo F- one for Christmas last year, and yeah. it's great. It takes it everywhere. Hmm. So, you know, so there you go. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the kettle pizza, but um, they've been on the show. Hello. Oh, duh. Okay, I knew that. And they sponsored my they sponsored my barbecue team to team or the year before last. Oh, nice. Um, and I made a shitload of pizza on their mm-hmm, on their gadget, and it's pretty cool. I mean, people really love this product too, like because it's kind of like an event, right? Like you're making pizza in yep. the backyard, and it's just a new spin. So. Um, they actually sell them in Crate and Barrel now, uh, but you can buy them on Amazon. And they're also made in the USA, which is kind of cool. And then um, another cool gadget is the Slow and Sear, which essentially turns yep. your kettle into a smoker and also allows you to sear. Which And those guys are out of, where are they out of? Charlotte, Mooresville? Yeah, somewhere um, like guys. that. Yeah, One of the guys uh, was like head guy over at AmazingRibs.com on the paid uh, site. He was um, like a site administrator for Meathead. And then uh, his product has blown up. Like I don't know the whole genesis of that. I should probably have him on the show at some point. But it seems to me that yeah. if you have a kettle grill, if you do not have a slow and sear, that you are missing the boat. This thing will really complete the Weber kettle ex- or the kettle grill experience. It's it's a dynamic pro- uh, product, from what I understand. Well, you know what's nice about it too. It's like, you know, once you get into grilling and smoking, you start accumulating so much stuff. So this like eliminates the need to go out and buy a Weber Smoky Mountain. You know, um, I mean, unless you really want one. But if you were like, I don't have the budget to get both but I can get this thing for my kettle. 
and it, it checks the box off for both of those. And now I don't have, you know, like for me, I love, I love my Weber Smoky Mountain, but it's sitting somewhere behind something in my backyard and all <laughs> the parts are, you know, <laughs> you know what it is. You end up like, it's like a junkyard eventually. You get so much stuff back, you know, when you have a lot of grills and you start, you know, so, um, yeah. And I think the Flame Boss is a really awesome product. Um, you know, they, they are Wi-Fi enabled, so you can smoke on the go, which I think is cool. Um, you know, if you like to multitask and we know we all do, at least I do. Um, and then I don't know if, uh, I'm pretty sure this was in my guide last year too, but I think Greg, you've seen where I've made the smoked cocktails before on Instagram, like the, the smoked old fashioned and the smoking gun makes that super easy because basically it's a handheld cold smoker and you can smoke everything. You can smoke cocktails, you can smoke soups. I mean, you can, you can smoke salt. Um, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's like 99 bucks, and it's really, I think that's a fun, cool gadget. Robin, I don't know um, if you've ever heard of a guy named Stephen Reichland, but he's also uh, a big fan of the smoking gun, and I've asked him the same question I'm about to ask you. Can you give me a, a, a paint a picture on how the smoke flavor is for this versus what you would find in your normal barbecue pit? It's pretty smoky. Um, it's, it's not going to be like, I mean, the thing is you can choose what smoke you want to add. If you wanted mesquite chips, you could put them in there, the same kind of wood, but you can also get more creative, um, because you're just, you know, using just a little teeny, teeny bit amount. So I've used like tea before, like tea smoked, I think I made like a tea smoked butternut squash soup or something. And I, you know, and it added a very unique flavor you could use like shaved cigars you know so you could do like a cigar smoked whatever you know cocktail which would be really cool so i think you can color outside the lines a little bit more which is kind of neat is the smoke a little bit more pungent overall because it's not a uh, what uh, clint cantwell would call a sweet blue smoke it's more of that a uh, white smoke or the smolder smoke if you will yeah it is more of like a white smoke but it achieves the same effect but yeah, it's it's a little different, but um, you know, and I'm not a scientist. We'd have to ask Meathead, uh, but you know, we have to get the molecular structure breakdown. But I think it's a cool <laughs> gadget. <laughs> uh, all right, so I saw on the big gift guide picture that you sent me, and I'm showing that up on the thing right now. There is a sous vide thing that you're going to hang off of a thing. So let me ask you this: uh, obviously, you're a fan because you're putting it on the gift guide. But don't you think, at, as we're coming to the end of 2017, that sous vide probably shot out of a cannon and is quickly tracked back to earth, kind of plunging down like the Hindenburg, or do you not believe that? I do, by the way. Well, first I'll say that I actually don't sous vide, but I know it's a big deal to a lot of my foodie friends, so I asked what their recommendations were, and yeah. this was the number one. Yeah, but what are they? So why do they like I, it so much? I don't get it. It's, I don't know. Even Meathead, I he, I heard that he took a sous vide with him when they went to the Bahamas and did that, like, thing with pit barrel and everything. Like, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But I, it makes me think of how – so I put this in there just because I, I, yeah, I wanted to color outside the lines a little bit more. And a lot, sometimes I really get stuck on certain products I like, and I put the same ones over and over at every gift guide. So I wanted to just color outside the lines. But I don't use a sous vide, but I know a lot of people who swear by it. So that's why I put it in there. Like my my foodie friend that I met at like a food and wine festival who's like, you know, she's a kitchen designer and on the, the 
you know, board of directors for Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Like, she swears oh. about hers, you know, and she has, like, three at her house. So, you know, um, it's a gadget. I don't boil my ribs, and I don't like to submerge other types of meat <laughs> into warm liquid before I grill it. So, but that's just me, right? Yeah, I guess. Um, so, um, what about thermometers? Uh, Meathead says that's, like, the most important tool to have. Uh, what thermometers are you liking right now? Well, I like I like the old standby, you know, Thermapen, the MK4, I think is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's backlit and, you know, it's it's just a lot more, it's super versatile. It's it's worth, what is it, a $10 difference on the standard old Thermapen? Right. Um, so it's like 99 I think, but it's, it's worth it. But, you know, if that's not a price point that works for you and you still need a good thermometer, the Thermapop is really kick-ass, and it's like $29, and it does just about the same thing. It's slightly slower, but that's okay. You know what I mean? Like the difference between like five seconds and three, you know, it doesn't have a back. I don't think it has a backlit display, so it doesn't have as many bells and whistles, but it gets the job done. Um, so that's why I put that in my stocking stucker, stocking stucker section. Um, and I think we should definitely make sure to talk about DIY gifts, because I think that can be important. Okay. Mainly just because I think it doesn't always have to be bought. I think that if you're, um, you know, if you can use a little creativity, you can actually make your own gifts that people will value equally as much. Um, so things like, and you'll look, and I put this in, um, you know, this is the bacon uh, bottom of the guide, but you'll see things like, you know, a lot of times people bake cookies for the holidays or things like that. So why not make bacon jam? Actually, this is Smithfield's bacon jam recipe they were sponsor on your show yeah. um that i learned from like the lady from smithfield at the smithfield hotel that's been making bacon jam <laughs> for like 50 years um so it's like my slightly um simplified version or things like um homemade like smoke your own sea salt and give it away in a, in a cute tin or um if you'll see my diy oyster shell Salt sellers, you know, like if you like good salt or you like to make your own rubs and you have like little containers with all your different spices in them, oyster shells, like spray paint them and then get a food safe shellac. And it's a great um, way to make a salt seller. And then you can give them to people with different types of salt or or they're really good for like hostess gifts. Right. If you go to someone's house. Um, or even make your own finishing salt, right, like a rosemary lemon salt in a cute container. And so these are things that you can do that really thoughtful, um, actually pretty inexpensive and, um, can, you know, be a really nice keepsake and nice to have. Like if someone gifted me bacon jam, I'd be really excited. Wow. So all you have to do is head on over to grillgirl.com, get the gift guide, get some really great DIY ideas from Robin, and then you'll be the hit of Christmas and Hanukkah and Kwanzaa and whatever holiday you celebrate during this time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be great. Uh, and yes. as always, Robin, I appreciate yeah. the time, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Bye, you guys. Happy holidays. Thanks for having me, Greg. You got it. There she is, Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl. That's uh, what we call her, right? All guests on the Barbecue Central Show appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. That's right. DIY. Th- those are three letters that always scare me. DIY. Wow. But I could do that. Smoke your own sea salt with that uh, smoke gun. It's a great idea. You know what else is a great idea? Looking into a cook shack this holiday season. They manufacture smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in the backyard, 
on the competition circuit or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job. And with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, smoking, grilling 101s, a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. They still have one of those, too. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champs because they were designed by a champion, Ed Fest, Eddie Morin. The FEC 100, PG 1000, always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can actually double as a smoker and a grill. Low and slow, hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. Cookshack residential electric smokers, number one in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cookshack. Passion and dedication drives Cookshack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. All right, let's wrap up the first hour when we come back. Thanks again to Robin Lindars for joining me on the show, grillgirl.com, her website, and we will be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Robin Lindars for joining me this past segment. Email from John Dawson. Tagline, speaking of Cleveland barbecue, subject line, speaking of Cleveland barbecue, what's the status of Michael Simon's editing effort? hey I guess we'll find out with Doug Tratner next segment or two segments from now, John. Forget about the editing effort. How about getting him on the show effort? Is that possible? I make the plea to Michael Simon now, who's not tuned into the show, nor is he subscribed on podcast. What are you waiting for? I live in Cleveland just like you. Actually, I live in Cleveland more than you. I'm not saying I'm more Cleveland than you, but I live in Cleveland more than you. This is the coup de gras of barbecue shows. It's live, local, and late-breaking. We can talk about barbecue stuff. I can talk about your restaurant. I can talk about how I actually like going to your barbecue restaurant. It's, it's actually pretty good. little out of the ordinary, not the norm, if you will. We got to do this. Come on. That's, that's, your, that's your Christmas gift to me. Michael, that is your Christmas gift to me. Andrew, you are not the father. <laughs> I would accept this. I would. We'll see. I'm going to ask Doug. That'll be the lead question. What, What is the current status of you getting him on my show? By the way, Robin's website again. If you're interested in checking out the gift guide and DIY suggestions, grillgirl.com, just like it sounds. G-R-I-L-L-G-R-I-L. G-R-I-L-L. Grill Girl, yeah, G-I-R-L, yeah, grillgirl.com. 
I get so confused because remember back in the day it was like four or five rolling R's or L's. Yeah, grr. Grr. Anyway, uh, we will step away as we reload for the second hour and be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around, be right back. Jenny Bell from Clarington, Ohio, and I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet for wiener. Oh listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. Greetings and salutations, Centralites. Uh, you found the Barbecue Central Show. We do it live here every Tuesday between 9 and 11, and then it's up for podcast. After that, the majority of you get it for podcast, listen to it on the way to work, all that other stuff. So since you're already subscribed and listening, please tell your friend at work they should also be listening. Not only for the live fire cooking direction, hard-hitting interviews with top men and women in the industry, but for the sheer entertainment value of the host, who really kind of runs around in a malfeasant way, meandering through barbecue life, okay? Still to come on the show tonight, Doug Tratner from the... Got a little mush mouth from Robin last night. Doug Tratner from the Cleveland scene, and then closing out the show at 10.35, Blaine Hunter of Porky Butts Barbecue will be joining me to talk about the big win over at King of the Smoker this past weekend. We'll also talk about some other items as well. Uh, I want to talk briefly for you uh, competition guys, especially the KCBS folks, because I am... Now at a point of worry, and I didn't think I had to be worried, but it is December 5th of 2017, and if you are somebody who has revered uh, what was first the Sam's Club Barbecue Series this past season, or this current season, was the National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club. Unless I'm completely mistaken, every year at this time, the Sam's Club has already been confirmed 
whether all of the finer details had been pounded out and or released to the general public might be up for debate. But from a very high level, it was already announced that, yes, Sam was going to be renewed. Sam likes what's happening. Because if you look at the schedule, those first handful of weekend contests start in February. The first regional starts at the end of March, I believe, or very early April. So to sit here on December 5th of 2017, does anybody have any idea what's going on with Sam's Club right now? I don't know. Nobody seems to know. Many consider it to be the crown jewel series of the year. And I did have Mike McLeod on a handful of months ago. And he did say, and I could go back and run the tape if I had it, but I I didn't go back and get it. But he did say at that point that Sam's would have life in 2018. Nobody seemed to know if it was going to have a life in 2019. But at that, during that particular segment, at that particular time, he said, there will be a pro national barbecue, a national pro barbecue tour in 2018. Don't know what it's going to look like if it is going to look like anything in 2019. So now, given the fact that KCBS and MMA Creative, which is the company that Mike McLeod owns, have a parted company and still done so in a way that I find at best to be bizarre. But not my business decision to make. There has been no formal announcement about the National Pro Barbecue Tour for next year. So in proper journalistic protocol, I sent off an email to some of the BODs of Kansas City Barbecue Society. I summarily heard nothing back. So earlier this week, or or maybe it was toward the end of last week, Resent an email again days later, copied a few more people in, and said the following, dear whatever their names are, since December is almost upon us, it was obviously before December, now which it is upon us, and there hasn't been any announcement about the 2018 SAM series yet, I wanted to ask for an official response as to what can be expected for next season. There have been rumblings that Sam's will not be back next year. Mike McLeod said on my show a few months ago that Sam's would happen in 2018, but was unsure how it would look after that. Would you have any official response, or would you like to come on the show to discuss? If not, at least provide an official position that I can use for my show this coming Tuesday. Thank for your time in advance. Love and kisses. Greg Rempe, host of the Barbecue Central Show. So I had to resend it, finally uh, got reply back from KCBS President Mike Hayes, reading as such, Greg, thank you for the opportunity to participate with your show regarding your request to comment on the status of the 2018 Sam's Club series. I won't. Andrew, you are not the I won't be able to provide any content or discussion. As board members, we all sign confidentiality agreements when we join the board that prevents us from discussing any information related to contractual obligations. 
Thank you for your time and consideration, Mike Hayes, president of the KCBS. So, I'm wondering what that is. Again, if you go back through all of the other years that the Sam's Tour has taken place, it has been put out that there is going to be one with uh, perhaps some finer details to take place. But to not be talking about it at all is now leaving it up to speculation or perhaps there is some inside Information is being disseminated around or being overheard. I don't know how these things are talked about. However, if it's this late in the game and the season usually starts in February, you still got to register. Now, granted, that maybe only takes a weekend, but you still need to have people get heads up. You want to roll out the schedule as quickly as possible so people can make decisions on which local events that they want to go after is there going to be more events this year obviously the goal for any series such as something like this with sam's club is to continue to grow it can we get more prize purse money out of it can we go from 50 events to 70 events can we put an event here in ohio (laughs) close to cleveland The end of the year is drawing, and the beginning of that normal season is drawing closer and closer. So the other aspect to that is, will there be some type of a, well, could there be no Sam's Club? Could it be a reduced size? Could it be, who knows? I would have to imagine, though, if if it would be bigger and better than ever, This is something you would hear about. Usually when you're not hearing anything this late in the game, and I hope I'm wrong, it doesn't usually mean that positive things are flowing. Just my speculation, of course. But being a man of business and knowing how deals work, good things have a way of kind of leaking out, uh, whether it be on purpose or people are just so excited they can't keep their lips tight. So I'm a little concerned that at this point, where we sit in the year and how this season would usually kick off in less than two months from now, there has not been A, any confirmation that Sam's Club 2018 is going to happen. And more importantly, if it is, what is it going to look like? Is it going to look the same or is it going to be smaller or bigger or what? So uh, I'm sure I will continue to follow up with uh, these people and. There are a lot of posts made out on the KCBS website that maybe we'll get some information that way as well. So I'll continue to monitor and pass along updates as I get them. Maybe they'll give me breaking news and a breaking news uh, interview segment coming up once things are potentially hammered out. Reading that email, it seems that contractual obligations that maybe that they're talking or they are in negotiations. So we'll see what happens there. But again, being a a man of business myself, I can usually, certain things indicate a deal that is being made to the good and other things that may be like, uh, we'll take what we can get or we can't do this, but we can do that. And 
I'm hoping that it at least is going to meet what it has over the last number of years. Keep it keep it consistent. That's what the cooks want, right? Keep it consistent. Consistent cooks. <coughs> Pardon me, consistent events, all that stuff. So we'll see what happens. No news yet on the fate of the National Pro Barbecue Tour for the 2018 season. Doug Tratner coming up out of the break. I will talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. <laughs> Robin Lindar has just talked about it a little bit ago. He actually talked about the Junior, which is, uh, what, 50 bucks less or so than the pit barrel cooker itself, the flagship product. You know, if you've been thinking about what kind of a cooker to buy, but you want something that has an extreme ease of use, you want something that also, aside from being very economic, has a great cooking capacity with some type of versatility as well. You want to hang stuff one day. You want to put stuff on a grill grate the next day. The pit barrel will meet each and every one of those discerning demands that you have. Plus, with its hook and hang method, that food gets put right in the center of a heat. So it's like a stationary rotisserie. That gives you great consistency. Now, look at this thing. Great paint job. Really weather resistant you can live in any type of weather condition whether you're going to start taking snow like we are here in literally a matter of hours or if you're all the way down in the uh, south florida shores like where robin lindars is does it matter it will live and live and live because of the way it is made and that special porcelain coating of course, we love accessories. We talked about it last segment with Robin. All the barbecue and grill folks love accessories. Pit Barrel doesn't disappoint here either. I think they have 10 and 15 inch skewer hanging skewers. So once you put in the rods, you fill up your big skewers and then hang them on you know one either side of the rod there, and you're off and running. Huge, huge. You can make really large kebabs if you're into kebabs. And then they have a new hook tool. And on the other end, bottle open. Very robust. Here's what you do. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com and see what everybody's talking about. For $299, how can you go wrong? Plus it ships for free. Plus it's ready to cook on. Huh. It's great. Pitbarrelcooker.com or call 502-228-1222. 502-228-1222. If you call, there is a very good chance Noah himself, the founder of the company, might answer the phone. All right, stick around. We'll be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe gotta turn the mic on in order for it to work 
This portion of the show being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire those pellet-driven cookers, not voiding any warranties, so don't worry about that. You head on over to CookingPellets.com to purchase, or if you want, you can buy from Amazon as well. Uh, look what I did. Forgot I gotta use the whole uh, gotta use the whole other version here in order to to get running. Let's see, recent. There we go. Uh, anyway, head on over to cookingpellets.com. That's cookingpellets.com. My next guest is the head food writer for Cleveland Seed Magazine. Also helped write a number of best-selling books for his pal Michael Simon. We head on over to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Doug Tretner. Doug, what's up, buddy? Look at that. That's the I can't hear you thing, right? Can't hear me. No. No good. All right. It's weird. How can you not hear me? Is this mic on? Is it, is it on? Is this mic on? Let's see it. I don't see it. <laughs> Doug, you hear me? Of course I do, man. Uh, wait, so you could hear me? I could not, but oh, I can now. Oh, okay, good, good. All right, well, now we're up and running. It's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Doug Tratner. There he is. World famous Doug Tratner, best-selling author. Uh, Doug, let me ask you, because, you know, when I say Doug Tratner is going to be on the show, the emails flood in. When's Michael Simon going to be on the show? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, he's the white whale. I get it. What do you think? Like, do you, do, I do what I can. <laughs> do, you, do you think he would ever come on the show? Does he real? I, does he know I'm on the landscape? Do you think? You know, I think he does, and uh, <laughs> I just think like you know, it's one of those things. It's just like it's opportunity, it's timing, it's it's whatever it is. Um, I don't know. He's, you know, and he's also, he's probably sleeping right now. And he's also, this is, too, this is past his bedtime. Yeah, I mean, he's like really busy, by the way. Oh, by the yeah. way, TV shows, cookbooks, restaurants. I mean, I, I understand that 99% of other people who keep his schedule would have time to do an internet show based in somebody's basement. <laughs> right, you know. Oh, I, he, yeah, he's a. I mean, like <laughs> you're lucky to get a, a three-letter yeah. text, not three-word, but three-letter text from the guy, uh, and you're doing you're doing pretty well. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Doug Tratner joining me here on the show. DougTratner.com, his website. If you want to check him out, and you uh, aren't that familiar with him, uh, Doug, we've talked about you know, over the last number of appearances here on this show the current state of Cleveland barbecue. I think we can both agree that. You know, as little as four or five years ago, it was kind of a depressing landscape. I'm going to throw out names that nobody is going to understand here unless they're directly from Cleveland. Uh, Hot Sauce, Williams, B&M, Barbecue, uh, some other ones that I can't remember right off the top of my head. More ethnic-style barbecue than anything else. But since then, we've seen kind of a barbecue renaissance. Uh, Nobody's seen it more than you and got to taste it more than you. I get to tag along uh, when I possibly can. What do you think the current trend of Cleveland barbecue is right now? You know, you're being ki- you're you're being kind that I you know I was at the the leading edge of of all this stuff. Uh, you know, as as well as I do, that uh, you've been following the scene as closely as I have, and uh, both of us were super excited when things started 
to happen in this town, yep. uh, barbecue-wise. And uh, sure, all those places that you mentioned, Hot Sauce Williams and, and you know, uh, Seti's, you know, barbecue, like, we had lovely, lovely places, but they uh, were not kind of the places that we talk about, uh, well, you certainly talk about on your show, uh, the, the folks in the barbecue circles talk about about serious barbecue, uh, brisket and, and, and ribs and pulled pork and all that fun stuff. So uh, thrilled over the past couple of years that we were getting some real places, you know, Mabel's, of course, the the elephant in the room, but also Barabiku, uh, Proper Pig. Uh, we, you know, it was a, a landslide of, of quality stuff, and we thought that, uh, you know, it was just the tip of the iceberg. I remember when I came on your show mm-hmm. uh, in your your glorious basement studio, and uh, <laughs> we we really honestly looked ahead and said, this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? We thought um, they would just keep on coming, yes. and we both agreed that uh, we were nowhere close to the saturation point um, there was always room for more great barbecue mm-hmm. and it just kind of you know you know I, I hate to say it but like we're getting to the point where now we're getting two offs and three offs right so proper pig love them uh, they opened a second spot oak and embers oak opened a second spot so you know i hope we're not getting to the point where you know the melt and the barrio tacos that kind of thing we're like <laughs> okay that's it we're stuck with you know the, the ones we've got. Um, the only one I'm really following right now on the horizon is a place called Ohio City Barbecue. I can't tell you anything about it other than, you know, I've spoken to the owner. I uh, I know you might have kind of tried, tried to track down uh, the folks who are going to be cooking there, but I certainly haven't. So, um, yeah, that's really all I know about uh, things percolating. I remember when we were talking off camera that first time, I think we both agreed that if you had 10 or 15 spots kind of decorating the greater Cleveland area, it wouldn't be too much, as you had just said, if it was really good. I mean, if you look at Austin and you look at Lockhart and and all of those, I hate to go to Texas barbecue because it really seems to have hit its stride at this point, but there doesn't seem to be too many really great barbecue spots, so I don't know why that wouldn't translate here to Cleveland, and it did seem... Like there was going to be a swell of people coming in, uh, mom and pops doing it right. And as you had mentioned correctly, there have been some spinoffs from people that have successful restaurants here. But it, it seems that the the interest, and maybe it's seasonal, but the but the interest of opening a barbecue restaurant might have kind of tapered a little bit here in the Cleveland area. I don't know. You know, I think it's one of those things, and you know, you could say this about every restaurant, every food. It's more difficult than it seems. Barbecue is super yeah. expensive, as we know. We're talking about quality. You know, we're talking about meat, right? Meat's probably one of the most expensive uh, ingredients, uh, maybe seafood, excluding seafood. But uh, you know, so it, it ain't cheap. And if you're learning, you know, learning as you go, that's going to be an expensive thing. But yeah, I, I really did think that we'd be seeing more because you know folks like Simon and, and the guys from Proper Pig and the guys from you know Beer Beagle, they've done a lot of the heavy lifting for people to come, right? Um, you know, you mentioned some of those kind of chicken and rib joints that we grew up with, and it's still a struggle to teach people that ribs don't need to be falling off the bone, that pulled pork isn't baby food. You know, so now that people are getting it, you know, now that people say, "Oh my God, well, if Michael Simon is doing it this way, it must be right." Uh, he's really opened the the. You know, the, the, the laid the groundwork for people to come in and do it right and not have people, you know, blast them for doing it wrong. So hopefully. Well, I'm hopeful that we're going to be grabbing another handful of really good barbecue restaurants here over the next year or so. We're talking with Doug Tratner, DougTratner.com, his website, uh, writerforclevelandscene.com as well. Doug, I wanted to do kind of a, a pullback out of the barbecue talk here and, and maybe do a general 
restaurant class or education, if you will. You know, there's different classifications of places that you can eat. Obviously, everybody knows about fast food. There's that term fast casual that showed up here over the last handful of years. And then you have uh, high end. I don't know if fine dining is also its own classification if you can kind of meld those two together. But I have been seeing what appears to be restaurants that want to be the white tablecloth, the high end, the, the, the what you see on the Kardashians kind of a thing, but maybe aren't there yet. Is that kind of a trend that you're seeing where they want to be fine dining, but they really aren't, or there seems to be some type of a, of a gap? Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I've only been doing this for about 18 years and, uh, you know, right at the tail end of fine dining, you know, they say fine dining is dead and, and, you know, it's been kind of a, a long, slow death. And, you know, when we're talking about fine dining, yes, we're talking about that kind of white tablecloth. We're talking about sommeliers. We're talking about long wine lists. We're talking about very expensive, you know, uh, food. We're also talking about like a, you know, a, a really uh, a high serve, a high, you know, uh, expectation of excellent service. And, and oftentimes, you know, uh, you know, what you wear and, and, and dress codes yeah. and all that stuff. And so that stuff has been dying for a long time. I can only, you know, I can count on one hand places they're still doing it around town the johnny's and giovanni's and edwin's and but even those places you know you could still walk into there without a jacket and tie and not feel like a, a complete schlump you know it's it's things have changed um but i think you know i'm not i'm not one of the people who are lamenting the loss or or death of, of fine dining because you know um what you get these days is often better food uh, at lower prices and in frankly a more comfortable setting you know um, there are, you know, when we talk about like really like special occasion restaurants in town, whether it's a Lola or a Fire or Albatross or a Blue Point Seafood, you know, these are places that are not fine dining. They're finer dining, I guess you might say, but they're 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 more casual. But the food is every bit of as good as we used to get at these places that were twice as expensive and and oftentimes half as fun. Can you correlate the slow, as you say, death of fine dining with the fact? That for whatever reason, and if you go to other countries, and you can probably testify to this, the service industry is not seen as something that you're doing in between jobs that you got fired at or you want to be an actor or whatever. When you're a waiter in another country, there is respect given to them. They are valuing the position. They're trying to be as professional as they possibly can be to give you that experience that you want yeah. or that experience that you're expecting from going to somewhere where if it's just you and your wife, you're going to have an appetizer, a couple drinks, a main course, and a dessert, and you might spend 300 bucks to 350 bucks. If the service isn't there to begin with, that kind of craps on the whole evening. Do you think that there is a, a disconnect or there is a correlation between people not putting in the work to be a good server or a good service professional anymore? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm no historian historian on the topic, but you know, America didn't grow up with a fine dining, you know, a fine uh, restaurant history. You know, we imported everything from from Europe, right? You know, France and Italy and Spain, they all had, you know, the Far East. They've, they've all been way, you know, doing this way longer than we have. So um, I don't think we really have it in our genes to do this kind of fine dining. All, all the fine dining places that we used to have were. were we're French, right, or or Italian, and so no, it's it's really not in our genes. It's not the way we like to eat, and then it's probably why uh, it's dying. The whole you know the whole service thing here is you know 
I, I guess it's it is a, a a kind of an issue of of what we grow up with, and it's always kind of been a part time job. That's not to say there aren't people in this town and and out of this town who are who are true professionals, whether you know managers, bartenders, servers. You know, we're talking front of the house here, but of course there's people who who do it well and 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 will do it well until you know until they hang up their their apron. But uh, it's it's getting a lot harder to find those people. Um, that issue is compounded by the fact that we have. 10 times more restaurants uh, today than we did, you know, 20 years ago. So uh, we're stretching an already thin workforce and, and having them do, you know, kind of the, the work of, of, you know, a lot, uh, a lot more people. So yeah, it's, it's an issue we talk about all the time in this business. It's getting harder to find people. It's getting harder to keep them. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what the answer is uh, other than, well, I guess we'll, we'll probably move into it. The next topic, which is these kind of fast casual restaurants, which the idea all along was, well, we could still give you good food, uh, but we'll take away the whole service thing and the whole tipping thing and the whole, you know, sit down thing and try to package it up in a, in a you know, in a, in a package that uh, is, I guess, palatable and, and, and cheaper for everybody. Do you think that in 10 years, because uh, these, I'm going to sound like an old man, these millennials, these millennials, look, they, they're very into where's my food come from? Uh, how is it being treated? I want to trace it back like I can a, a French Bordeaux for crying out. Is that redundant? Um, do you think that they find more value in buying and fixing and eating themselves and that at some point you'll see the demise of a, of a restaurant culture to some degree? No, uh, and and I'm going to be careful here because I have a lot of friends that always get mad when I tend to generalize, uh, you know, whole whole generations and and my wife included, you know. Uh, but no, I think I think millennials, I think young people are eating out more often than ever. They're eating out more often than my generation did. They're eating out more often than my parents' generation did. Um, you know, I think they, uh, you know, they they enjoy kind of the whole social aspect of eating out, drinking. You know, cocktails are, are, are super duper popular now. Yeah. So, no, I, I think what they want is, I think what, what a lot of people want, diners want, is highly customizable food. They want to be able to get what they want. They want gluten-free if they want it, vegan if they want it. They want steak if they want it. They want whatever, you know. I think most people want what they want. And the idea of these kind of fast casual places are that whole idea of customization where you can kind of stand up there and pick exactly what you want, what you don't want, Um but even even finer dining restaurants tend to have a whole lot more choices these days than we ever did. Gluten free, vegan, vegetarian. You, know, you used to have to go to a special place to get those things, and now most decent chef driven restaurants will have options across the board. And uh, you know, I mean, I mean, did you ever expect to have pizza places uh, that serve gluten free pizza? You know, no. I certainly didn't. I don't know if it's a good idea. But, uh, no, it's yeah, not. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Doug Tratner joining me here on the show. Um, Doug, let's talk a little bit about tipping. I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook here over the last handful of months about I didn't tip this here because of this or I tipped this much. What And from what I can remember, the standard tipping was 15%. And then, you know, it's, it's up or down from there. Depend- so, what is standard practice this day? What what should you be tipping? How should you be tipping? When should you be pulling a tip back? When you should you be increasing? All that good stuff. Because I, I wonder if there hasn't been a little bit of a blurred line on that. Hmm. Thank you for coming. <laughs> 
Is my computer frozen? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. It's unbelievable. And it like it and it it won't begin to uh oh, oh there you are, Doug. Sorry. Did did I did he miss did he miss all my eloquent uh, Oh pros? yeah, I did totally froze up. You were just getting ready to answer and then it locked up. So I guess uh you know, the baseline's always been 15%. Um, I tend to go 18% or higher because I, I always worked in restaurants. I worked in every single job right. um, in the restaurant, paying, you know, it, supporting myself through college, law school, all those things. And, and keep in mind that, you know, that's the bulk of, of a server's income. It's not the hourly wage. It's it's the tips. And on top of that, you know, a lot of that money goes to supporting the, the bartenders. you got to tip out the busboy, tip out the bartender. Sometimes, you know, sh- tips are pooled among servers. Uh, that said, you know, you should tip what you feel the, the server deserves and what you can afford. Um, you know, if, if, if something was egregiously bad, you know, I'd hope you'd get to this point before, uh, you know, you sprung a, a, a bad tip on somebody. Um, you know, you and I have talked about service issues and we talked about maybe how to handle them before you get to this point, before you have to stiff a, stiff a server. Um, but, you know, I think in, 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 the, in the situation of, of decent service, it's, it's 15 to 18%. So at what point during a, a dining experience, like if something is sat down in front of you, you take a bite, and you're like, nah, I don't really like it. You don't want to muddle through it and then, you know, halfway through or three-quarters of the way through decide that, you know, this is going to be a point of no return and you're going to have to teach that server a lesson you want to address it right off the bat correct correct you know i think despite you know how we might think about restaurant owners uh, you know or whoever they generally want you to be happy and enjoy yourself i mean that's it you got to understand that they uh, you know cer- certainly everybody wants to make money they want you to be happy because they know if you're not happy you're not coming back and the only way you're going to be happy is if you immediately speak up and 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 that means you know immediately and let your server know that something's wrong uh, they will be happy to to correct it because that is so much better even if it costs you know a, a few dollars in food costs to refire your food and, and make something anew you know that's so much better than the angry grumpy person who goes home and and fires off a, a one star Yelp review um and and probably is not only is he never or she never coming back, but you may be turning off other diners. And when it's so easily remedied, um, and you know if you're talking food, that's super duper easy. You know, just just tell your server. Uh, even if you just don't like something, give it a shot and say, you know, it was not at all what I expected. And you know, nine times out of ten, they'll be like, no problem. You know, I think the 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 thornier issue is crappy service because you're dealing directly with a server. So. You know, what do you do at that point? And I think, you know, what you do is you kind of try to flag down a, a manager perhaps and say maybe we'd be better off with a different server or you're, you know, you try a, a diplomatic approach to, to kind of, you know, getting uh, getting better service out of them. But um, holding, you know, holding your tongue and, and complaining later, you know, it's bad for everybody. I don't think it, it, it helps anybody other than, you know, your fragile ego for a minute uh, later on. But you know, I don't know of any restaurant owner, or manager, chef who wouldn't who wouldn't want to. I mean, you know, people ask me all the time my honest opinion. You know, when I'm dining, and and I know it's difficult. You never want to look somebody in the face and say, you know, eh, this was kind of cold, or it could have been better, or it was a little overcooked. But you know, just uh, just do it, and you'll all feel, you'll you'll all be happier um, because of it. Read Doug Tratner in Cleveland Scene. You can read his best-selling books as well, DougTratner.com, his website. Uh, Doug, always appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks so much. Love you, Greg. See you, buddy. There he is.
My man, Duck. Look at this guy. Battled through the uh, the Skype issues as well, so uh, that was great. Good insight there. Little change of pace for you. Make sure that you have all the restaurant stuff worked out. No problem. Diane Me saying 1% to 3% comes right off tip-wise if you're addressing the table as, how are you guys tonight? <laughs> Hello, ladies. I get it. Folks, the Chops Power Injector System has won the award for the nas- or for the uh, best barbecue tool of the year, 25, for uh, 2015, 16, and 17. That's right. Number one seller, the half-gallon Chops Power Injector System, designed for competitions or to pump up the backyard warrior. Easy to use. Clean it, fill it, pump it. Away you go if you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do. You don't have to fill it all the way up. Just put in what you need. It uses it all. It comes with a whole bunch of really cool stuff, and it's only 100 bucks. you got to pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the one-gallon Chops Power Injector System. It holds double the amount of the half-gallon. That's why they call it the one-gallon. Some use it in competitions like Memphis and May if you're going to cook a whole hog, or maybe you're cooking 10 shoulders to turn in that perfect one. It comes with a whole bunch of really cool stuff, just like the half-gallon. This one's 120 bucks. you got to pay shipping on top of that. Then you have the Chops Full Power Injector System. It's electric. And it is the commercial and competition, Big Daddy. That's not a holding tank this time, but a three and a half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. From a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum, it was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He said time and time again that with the Chopsville Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with a whole mess of crazy cool stuff. It's 325 bucks. You pay shipping on top of that. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the CPI system every day to make their barbecue better than yours. Here's the deal. We live in a foodie world, just like Doug was saying. you got to have flavor in every bite. This is how you do it. Do it fast. Not just for me. How about alcohol-infused watermelon? Sure. Every injector hand-assembled right there in Kansas City, Missouri, USA. If you want extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium-ground spices, they can cover you there. Here's what you do. Head over to the website, barbecuekansascity.com. That's B A R B E. Q-U-E, barbecuekansascity.com, and buy the one that fits your needs. And if you're in the greater Kansas City area, stop at Dan's Restaurant, Chops Barbecue. Great barbecue out there. Next time I'm in town, I'm headed there. Dan, I'm going to look you up. All right, we are back with the reigning King of the Smoker champion, Blaine Hunter. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. As I mentioned in the first hour, head on over to SmokinWithSmithfield.com and get ready to have news released to you about the Committed Cooks program. Hopefully you can get some updates there. Again, that's smokingwithsmithfield.com. If you wanted to get on the grant program for next year, that is too late. I said it over the last couple weeks. 250 applications were taken. Can you believe that? Very, oh, that's so unprofessional. Very popular this season. Going to be even popular next season. So check it out, smokingwithsmithfield.com. Helping me close the show tonight, your current KCBS Team of the Year. Your current American Royal Open champion. And... To cap off the 2017 season, why not head out to California and walk away with the grand champion at King of the Smokers, Porky Butts Pitmaster, 
Blaine Hunter. Blaine, how are you, buddy? Good, good, good. That sounds great. Keep saying that. Yeah. Grand champion <laughs> of King of the Smokers. Look at you. Yeah. It's been a pretty nice season, I would guess, as far as uh, pretty big name wins, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. It's been a, it's been a, 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 a the year of the big one. I mean, after we won a big one down in Oklahoma early in the year, and then uh, the big contest here in Omaha, and then we went to uh, Kansas City, won the American Roll, and now we went out to the, uh, which I think is the premier contest in the country, King of the Smoker, and just had a great time and walked away with a victory. We'll talk about that here in a second, Blaine. Let me ask you, uh, you know, for a good handful of years, it was, and still is, by the way, I don't want to misspeak, but Iowa seemed to be like a hotbed of competition barbecue. I mean, you don't necessarily think of Iowa being a barbecue uh, fanatical place, um, but Nebraska, certainly no uh, no slouch either. Uh, you're certainly proof of that. Uh, you got the, you know, what used to be hot grill on grill action out there as well. Is is Nebraska? Do you think coming up as a as a barbecue hotbed? Oh, absolutely. We got a, a lot of great young teams. Um, there's some uh, some guys that have been around for a while that are getting ready to come back on the scene and Port Patrol. And then there's a gentleman by Matt Burke down in uh, Lincoln that I think is going to ramp up. And then we got some some uh, newer guys that are real hot right now and uh, smoking lefties and helping you barbecue. And I think uh, and next year is going to be a, a big year for Nebraska. Blaine Hunter joining me here on the show from Porky Butts Barbecue. All right, uh, Blaine, let's go ahead and take a look at this past weekend. You had mentioned it a couple minutes ago as far as being the premier event. How do you define or how do you separate contests, and, and what do you think makes this one so special? I, I, I take a look at, you know, obviously the, the quality of talent that's there, and in, in the King of Smokers, you had to earn your way to be there. I mean, it's invite only, and you know, top 24 pitmasters in the country. And um, this year there was a, a plan with the Smithfield contest. So um, one team actually got to earn their way by winning one contest, which I think is awesome. And uh, hopefully they add more of those. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just that's how I grade great contests is by, uh, by the quality of um, people participating and then just the size of it. I mean, it's just – I mean, it's a big event. I, you look around, you see people like Tuffy and Myron and Johnny Trigg, and then you have Darren Worth and, you know, over doing smoke, and then you throw in Travis and Tim and Brad, and it's just, you just, it's a big, big contest. Do you like the fact that it is pop-ups only, it's, you know, nothing 40 by 80 and everybody's hiding out? I mean, you're all kind of forced to, to be out there and kind of be camaraderie well that's terrible english but you i mean you're, you're forced to, to to work with each other and and promote the sport and, and also go head to head kind of out in the open like it used to be yeah absolutely i i love the concept i love um i love being out and you kind of you're you're side by side you're a foot away from i was next to rub from swamp boys and you know he's probably tired of hearing my music already but i mean we're sitting there harassing each other while we're prepping and having a good time and then you know, as the the cook progress and they start letting the public in, and we all get to interact with the public and answer questions, and and uh, and I think that's what we need to get back to in barbecue. And I think Sterling does a great job getting uh, the pitmasters to interact with the public. Talk to me about your and demonstrations and yeah, I'm sorry, Blaine, go ahead. Oh, between the demonstrations and then just the overall interaction. All right, uh, so talk to me about your turn-ins, chicken ribs, pork brisket, uh, your top 10 in three out of the four you win one. Um, how did you think they came out for you? 
you know, starting off when we opened the boxes, we were extremely happy. Our, our butts and ribs were, Smithfield butts and ribs were amazing. I mean, we had great starting meat. Um, Snicker Farms, the Snicker Farms, it's always great. And then the chicken was a uh, whole chicken, so that was new to us. And we were we were excited because, you know, with my chef background, we really like doing different things than the traditional just thighs or legs. So, I mean, the, the cook progressed well. I mean, we were happy with everything. We were a little um, hesitant when we turned in just because our boxes were a little sloppy. We weren't used to the, you know, not turning in without garnishes. You, me being a chef, I like to frame up the meat and make it look perfect. And I, I, I'm a perfectionist, and it, it wasn't up to my standards. So I thought it, the boxes were a little sloppy, but we were happy with taste and tenderness. We turned it in, and uh, we scored about where I thought we would on everything. Um, I'd like to get that rib score back where it used to be, but uh, we'll take a GC any day. So do you have a thought on what's happening with the – I mean, it's so easy to, to look at it and go, okay, well, ninth and chicken, steaks and pork, first and brisket, 15th and ribs. Oh. But, I mean, 15th ribs, considering the field, is quite an yeah, achievement all on its own. Do, do you feel that the ribs yeah, are yeah. dropping off, um, you know, like contest after contest? Are you going to be making some tweaks? Like, what do you think? I mean, I'm always tweaking, but uh, I mean, I think I missed my mark a little bit on the the ribs. I was a little over, and uh, and it looked like Edward Scissorhands cut them. So that was, you know, with when I have, have an electricity, I'm so used to using an electric knife on my my ribs, and uh, it, it it definitely showed. But yeah, no, we're uh, I think we'll make some tweaks in the off season, um, which is basically three weeks. We start back in January, so we've got to make them pretty quick. Here's here's what I thought was was really interesting. You know, I think there is a stigma that the teams that are in that Kansas City area are the best cooks or they do the best. So if you look at the top ten of King of the Smoker, you have yourself out of Nebraska, Shigan and Grinnin, Minnesota team, Iowa Smoky D's, Lucky's Q, obviously both Iowa teams, Shake and Bay, Kansas City team, Rocky Top, California team, getting based in Kansas City, Big Bob Gibson's Alabama, Rio Valley Meats is Texas and an IBCA team kind of through and through going out to a KCBS event. Then you have uh, Big Orange there, Clark Crew, out of Oklahoma. I mean, it's a pretty large sw- – the only thing that's kind of missing is like the New England area or the eastern uh, the eastern part of the country. But other than that, I mean, everything's kind of covered out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a uh, Rocky Tops actually from North Carolina, I believe. So they were – Yeah, they, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking they- a rooftop. <laughs> Yeah, rooftop. Yeah, yeah. Oops. No, Rocky Top. They're a they're, they're a great team, by the way. Which I I they were my pick to win it. But uh, yeah, no, I I think that the whole country is it was pretty well spread out, and certainly did a great job putting the teams together. It was um it was great. Um, I mean, we just had a great time, and I, there was no there was no downfall. There was nobody that didn't fit in. There was everyone just got along, and it was just a fun fun event this year. Is it more of a I want to win? the king of the smoker or is it more of a i don't want to be 25th at king of the smoker you know last year i was 21st and i finished <laughs> dead a l and uh and uh in uh chicken so my, my goal this year was to go out there get a call and just just have fun and enjoy the moment but also do well i mean we didn't you know we never expect i mean it's such a good field you have to be on your game that day to, to win it so we never thought we were going to win it. And then going into with the, just the one call, we honestly, all the way down to the end, we thought one, two barbecue had it. You know, originally I thought Shigan had it. And then then after they called him for reserve, I thought one, two had it. And I never thought for a million years that it was going to be my name. And when they called it, I was so surprised and so 
so happy with that field to get my name called and get up on stage. Yeah, and uh, almost winning it by three points. So from a competition barbecue standpoint, pretty uh, convincing victory in, as far as that's concerned. Uh, you know, I, I know that you are really – and you don't want to lose sight uh, about paying it forward or when you talk about competition barbecue. So talk to me a little bit about how you try and live that mantra and how you don't easily get lost in the fact that, hey – this is an expensive hobby. If I'm going to win some money, it's real easy to look at it really closely and say, I'm just going to take it and reinvest back into the team so I can do it again. What does paying it forward and giving back to barbecue mean to you? Well, I mean, you know, up until about two years ago when I went out to the King of Smoke for the first time, you know, I was more about just, like you said, just putting it back into my team, putting it back into barbecue. But um, after seeing what Sterling does with uh, raising money for the KC Lee Ball Foundation with this event, I mean, this year he raised, I believe, $167,000 with it, putting on the King of the Smoker. And then what he does with the BPS Elite Teams by um, paying uh, local children's charities, which mine is PlaySmart, and, you know, he donated to that. It's just, uh, it makes you, uh, makes you take a step back and, and realize that, you know, there are bigger things in this world and that we all need to, like you said, pay it forward and, and take care of you know, the people around us and, uh, and, and leave a mark. Cause I mean, I think a lot of people are just out there living in the moment. They're not leaving that mark. And I think we need to start taking care of, uh, people through barbecue, which, I, which not necessarily is monetary. You don't necessarily need to give money every time. I think we, we have a skill and going out and maybe just cooking for local children's charities or cooking for your local church or just giving back through barbecue. And I think that, you know, this event has really set the tone the last two years and has changed me and, I know that I'm going to donate a portion of my proceeds to my uh, my local charity, which is PlaySmart, and uh, I hopefully a lot of other teams can start doing that, pick a charity, and maybe give a percentage of their proceeds to that charity. Blaine Hunter from Porky Butts oh, Barbecue no. joining me here on the show. Blaine, let's talk a, a little high-level KCBS here. Obviously, the end of the year is drawing to a close. There's going to be a new round of votes coming up for the board of director positions that are going to be open. I guess from a high level, where do you see the state of KCBS and competition barbecue right now? Hopefully, I mean, it's not getting too stale. Hopefully we keep growing. Um, I'd love to, you know, maybe bring some new uh, some new uh, categories in, maybe another meet or two, and just, just keep growing it. Because, I, I mean, it is we're, we're labeled as the Kansas City Barbecue Society, but I think we almost need to be the Kansas City Cooking Society because I think that's the only way you're going to grow it because we just – stick to barbecue at some point it's going to get stale and die off and i hopefully they just keep you know doing things to make it better as in you know adding more contests making the you know if there is a judging issue go ahead and address it and figure out how they can fix it and then maybe scale down the uh scale down or figure out a a new system for team of the year because it it shouldn't take you know travis out cooking 40 50 comps to win it every year we need to get to where a guy can cook 10 and actually have a chance. I mean, you know, it'd be a hard chance, but he'd actually have a chance to win it. And then just get it back to where we all have fun. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of times we're missing. I think this King of the Smoker really does it. It gets, gets you down on the ground and under a tent, and we all have fun and enjoy the event. And I think barbecue's missing that some days. So I think that's kind of where the, the biggest disconnect is. You would almost have to tell everybody to leave the 40-footers at home and the toy haulers and all this other stuff, bring back the pop-up tents, because that really seems to be one of the bigger uh, 
discrepancies that you would get at a King of the Smoker. Uh, aside from the fact that you're also, uh, A, selling tickets to the general public to come in and learn from people that know what they're doing, I think there's a lot of value in that, obviously. I don't know if a lot of people see that uh, as being a potential help for whatever event that they might be promoting or putting on as well. But to have cooks around themselves instead of showing up and then hiding away for the better part of a weekend, that's probably going to generate a little bit more of that old school feel that KCBS had. At least that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I I think little things like mandatory people's choice, mandatory. um, One thing I always thought would be great is after the after the contest is over, it's mandatory that the GC has to sit up there for 15 minutes and do a and a with the the public answer Mm -hmm. questions about barbecue just to get them interacting, get them involved. I mean, just little things like that, I think, make a difference and, and gets people coming out there. And which, when people attend the sport, then next thing you know, sponsors will start supporting it. And we, we have some great ones now, but we need to add more, and we need to keep growing it. Do you think that there is a judging problem, or do you think it is a vocal minority that now have access to any and all ways to get their thoughts out that are really making that push? I think, I mean, I don't think it's perfect by any means, but I don't think it's as messed up as everyone thinks it is. Because at the end of the day, you hate to say it, but the same people, you know, seem like they're right there at the end. So, I mean, it's not as big a problem. I do think there's some issues. I mean, there's there's moments that, you know, <laughs> I think the ball's dropped. And, you know, but and there's ways to address it, I think. I don't honestly have the answers to those. But I think there's people out there that have some great ideas on how you can fix it. And hopefully they come forward and present them, and we can uh, we can address it. Because I think, I mean, as much as people bitch about the the table of death, I think we have too many table of angels anymore with all the nines and one eighties. So I think you got to find that happy medium so we can get back to, uh, like I said, having fun. Where where's the first contest going to be at next year? It's going to be in sunny Denver, Colorado, January sixth. <laughs> In, in about six feet of snow, I bet. <laughs> I hope so. I love it. I love snow. I love cold. Good thing about being a big guy. And and, and it is a time when I, I'm glad I have a 40-foot trailer. <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, no doubt about it. Will you go to GQ Barbecue and, and like, have a restaurant barbecue for oh, Jason? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Jason Ganahl yeah, is a great dude. He's one of the, you know, about three years ago, um, I was just – this came out the year I started, so it was been last year, I started my uh, run at Team of the Year, and it was in Denver. He walked up to me and said, you know, I think you're going to have a big year, and I think you're going to have a big uh, next two years going forward, and he was spot on. And He's always been just a great friend, and I'd definitely go there and have some food. The Team of the Year reign will end as the calendar year turns, and I don't think it's any surprise that uh, Travis Clark is going to reassume uh, Team of the Year honors uh going forward through next year. As you look back at his season, uh, obviously you're no stranger to winning as well. I said, I think a week or two ago, that not only has he had a tremendous season personally this year, that if you go back through the annals of KCBS history, I don't know if anybody has had a year like Travis Clark has had in regards to staying in the top 10, amount of GCs, amount of RGCs, amount of contest cook, the whole gamut. This might have been or this is the best season that anybody has ever done in KCBS currently. No, oh, absolutely. I think Travis's year has been phenomenal. And I, and the saddest thing about Travis's career, and I'm nothing against Travis, is that is that I think uh, Tim, who's probably had the second best season of anybody in the history, 
He just happened to have it on the same year that Travis goes out and throws up a huge number. Because Travis is the man. I mean, I've, we go back and we talk about stats, and you go back and look at his career, not just this year. Yeah. He, I mean, I think he's been out of the top 10, maybe 30 times, 20 times. It's unbelievable. His stats are off the charts, and he's having a phenomenal year, and he's deserved it driving all over the country and doing what he's done. So it makes me tired thinking about it. But, yeah, to him and Tim both, they just both kicked ass. He is. Just the... lucky they didn't do it last year because they both would have put me out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why you're the reigning KCBS team of the year, and you're the American Royal champion and now the king of the smoker champ as well. Uh, it is Blaine Hunter from Porky Butts Barbecue. Blaine, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for doing it. Thanks, sir. You got it. There he is, Blaine Hunter. Look at that guy. Love it. Very forthcoming. All guests on the Barbecue Central Show Answering appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Yummy. Love it. Love it. How about some mandatory ancillary categories for an idea, huh? How about that? Yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind. I don't compete, so of course I don't mind anything. But figuring out a getaway to, to get that public in. Same thing for World Food Championships. Figure out a way to get people in. Ding the till, as they say. Do they say that? All right, folks. Grilling season is still open for business. That's right. Even though it's going to snow buckets tonight here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, I fear not because I have grilling oil. I have sweet barbecue sauce. I have... Honey rub, I have steak and brisket rub. I have it all. I have grilling addictions rub. So I don't have to worry whether it's going to be burning hot, whether the sun is going to bake everything down on its own, or the snow is going to freeze everything up. I have all the butcher barbecue supplies ready to go. I even have four bottles, two pork, two beef of the already mixed injections ready to go in the bottle. All you have to do is... Uh, You can pour it out into a bigger bowl if you want and stick your syringe in there and go, or you can just pull it right out of the bottle, whatever you like. You head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and grab up what you want. All the products are great. They're tested both on the competition circuit where they win. Dave uses his products. You can email and ask him. They also win in backyards across the country. You can be a great dealer if you have your own brick-and-mortar store like Steve Ray from Ulawa, Tennessee. He's a butcher barbecue dealer selling like hotcakes and set up to make you, the retailer, succeed. Dave wants to sell products, but he also wants you to make a buck as well. So I say it each and every week. Dealers want it if you currently own a barbecue and grilling supply store and you don't carry the butcher barbecue lineup. What are you waiting for? Hit up butcherbbq.com today and request information on how to become a dealer for them. Not only will Dave thank you, but most importantly, your customers will reap the rewards of getting these fine products in their hands to try for themselves. The products extensively tested both in the backyard and the competition trail, as I just said, so you know they're going to deliver on the goods. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back to wrap right after this. Stick around. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. 
Craig Rempe. All right, thank you. We are back. Thanks again to Blaine Hunter, the grand champion for this year's King of the Smoker. Also won the American Royal Open earlier in the year, end of August. Many other GCs to his credit this year and uh, continues to be the current KCBS team of the year until the calendar year turns. All right, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Ray Lampy, Dr. Barbecue, for the Ask Dr. Barbecue segment. Then we talked with Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl, grillgirl.com. By the way, Ray's website, drbbq.com. Uh, Robin's website, grillgirl.com, for all those gift ideas and DIY ideas. In the second hour, we talked with Doug Tratner, Doug Tratner, dougtratner.com. Really good restaurant talk there. I thought that was very educational. Good insight from a guy that does it each and every day. That's how he makes his living. And then we wrapped it up with Blaine Hunter, Porky Butts Barbecue, talking about the big win at the, uh, at the King of the Smoker. Also talking about some KCBS Team of the Year stuff and barbecue stuff in general. Big show planned next week. Also, September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>